My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our programme will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership and to this end we're joined on today's programme by John Russell, the Managing Director for Europe, the Middle East and Africa at Staffing Future a firm which custom designs and builds high-performance integrated recruitment websites and technology stacks, which in turn helps increase return on investment and achieve revenue goals. Um, John, a huge welcome to yourself and thanks for joining us on the programme. It's a real pleasure having you with us today. Thanks very much indeed for such a great introduction. Lovely to be here, Scott. Yeah, lovely to have you with us as well, John. Um, obviously, it's only a brief introduction that I've given there, just for those listeners that might not be familiar with yourself and Staffing Future. Uh, so in your own words, uh, could you just expand upon that and just explain exactly what it is that the business does? Yeah, I mean, we design and build um, tech-enabled websites for recruiting businesses. So mm. staffing agencies wanting to grow and scale their services to enterprise clients, small, medium, startups, uh, whoever. Um, it's really about what, working with recruiters to accelerate their technology, their processes, drive productivity, and integrate all of their tech back so that their processes are running on rails and their business can fly. Yeah, fantastic. And so does a lot of your work then kind of sort of involve dispelling some of the uh, the myths around sort of technology and automation? Because I suppose there is this perception that, you know, increased use of technology, increased automation is it's here to take our jobs, this, that and the other. But that isn't the case, is it? It actually makes sort of productivity better and improves your decision making in many respects. Exactly. It takes away all the dull work of of the processing and that admin, the heavy luggage within the processing. I mean, that's slow, inaccurate, clunky, not connected, and all the rest of it. And and it actually allows people to do more interesting jobs within their own jobs. So focusing more on speaking to clients, speaking mm-hmm. to prospects, speaking to existing clients, or you know, networking with peers and things like that, rather than making sure the CV is in the database correctly and it's been uploaded and it's tagged correctly with the correct industry code or the location or is attached to the job that they've applied to, et cetera. And it's really about improving that that customer, as in candidate Mm. uh, experience, as well as the client experience and the output that that recruitment business can service their clients with. Yeah, because we often hear, don't we, that when people are sort of putting themselves forward as candidates for certain vacancies, I mean, the experience that they have with some recruitment agencies isn't always the most positive one. So obviously this sort of helps improve the experience on both sides. It makes life easier for the uh, the recruitment agency, but also the the, the candidates as well. So it's, it's, it's a two-way benefit. Uh, absolutely. And if you think you get, you might get 100, 200 applications for a vacancy that a consultant's working on, they might, they might not be able to engage or call everybody back in the day or three days that they've promised whatever they've said. But automation can, and mm. you can put people into sequences to allow them to feel like they've had a high touch and good value experience and not to you know, this, the, you know, the company and the brand because those pesky consultants just don't get back to them in time. But Mm. equally, it's about being responsive to client demands and then understanding and having the data and the analytics available to them 
to understand where the pinch points are within their hiring process so that they can add more value into their client organizations to service them with talent better and faster. Yeah, and um, obviously in your current role, um, you're kind of backed per prior to sort of joining um, Staffing Future by sort of 20 years of experience, over 20 years of experience in the uh, the marketing field. So do you feel that that experience as well kind of feeds into the role that you're doing um, at the moment and sort of really pushing out this uh, this technology that's going to sort of really have an impact? Uh, absolutely. I mean, what I found when I was marketing lead in various businesses, I was sort of ripping up the technology stack within that business mm. to try and embed new processes, new ways of new ways of doing things that were more efficient, were driving ROI, driving more leads, or driving better conversion or better experience within that whole process. So rather than just doing it on like one one client. That's why I, I sort of jumped to the, the several clients at a time, and, that, and that's what we do, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm. It really helps me frame the understanding of the frustrations that clients have got, but also how to solve the issues that they're facing by leveraging technology better. Yeah, and um, the, the key to that as well is that by doing so, I mean, it improves, obviously, the um, the recruiter and the client experience, but it also improves the bottom line, doesn't it? There's significant commercial value to be had from becoming more efficient because, as I say, you can chase other things, you can focus on other elements, speaking to more clients directly, and ultimately that's going to generate much better returns for you as a business. So for any young sort of entrepreneur out there that is running a business where, you know, you can automate your processes – looking into something like this to sort of streamline yourselves, make yourselves more efficient. It's something that, you know, you should be seriously considering. Well, absolutely. But before you embark on that journey, you know, I'd always advise people to to look at what they're trying to achieve and Mm. look at their process and understand where technology can add value and where it doesn't or whether they're not ready to embed technology into their process yet because lots of people buy new shiny tech that they think will solve the world's problems but actually not the world's problems but their immediate problems in their business processes but actually it might be poorly integrated it might not be embedded into their process the culture might not be ready to adapt to that change within their process or their working behaviors And it's much better to have that plan and then pick off the lowest hanging fruit first and and then get some quick wins early on and then have a ratchet approach to that um, technology adoption so that you're getting rid of the, the heavy, slow, dull work first and then concentrating and delivering the highest ROI as quick as you can and then iterate again and don't stop. That's the mistake that people think, you know, once you've embedded a new bit of kit, then, you know, it'll all work. And but actually that's just the start of the process. And that's why we're software as a service on website design, you know, because a lot of the technologies that we in, um, integrate with are evolving all the time, as well as the processes that the recruiters are adopting to drive their business process. Yeah, it's food for thought, isn't it, for anybody who's looking to sort of bring this into into their business? Because um, I think you are you're absolutely right. I mean, it does require a little bit more of a sort of change to working practice and a change to sort of company culture to make sure you're making the best use of that technology. I mean, it's not something that's going to come in and literally just do everything for you. And sometimes I think that can be a little bit of a misconception. You think it's going to go in, you think it's going to work, and 
you might find that there's a little bit of a dissonance there, a bit of a mismatch. Yeah, and the other mismatch is having somebody within the business or somebody that the business can rely on externally to actually plug in and make all these different bits of technology work. Mm-hmm. You know, gone are the days where you used to hire an IT manager and he used to recommend they'd build their own systems because that was a way to protect his job and he would be then the master of his domain sort mm-hmm. of thing. But actually, it's so complex now. It's so engaged. It's so embedded into modern ways of working that you need that external support. You need to lean on external providers to bring their expertise to the table so that you or the business can be the master of their own destiny and really control how quickly they're going to scale and grow their business. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think people are a lot more aware of... uh sort of the impact of digital and technology on their business. Certainly since the uh, the COVID pandemic, we've seen, of course, the uh, they call it sort of a hastening of the digital revolution, don't they, within that two-year period with the advent of hybrid working, for example. Um, so from sort of a business perspective, have you seen that demand has certainly increased um, over that period of time and sort of since we've come out of the, uh, the pandemic? Uh, absolutely. Weird. I mean, you know, recruitment is the bellwether of the economy, right? Mm. So everybody hunkered down and stopped doing anything for, you know, when March 2020 hit. And, you know, it was a real challenge to try and um, sell, you know, new services to that audience because nobody was buying anything. The businesses were being decimated. Revenues had fallen off a cliff and dropped, you know, sort of 98%. But in other areas like healthcare and technology and logistics, the demand was peaking, you know, and they couldn't get the staff. So, you know, they needed to lean on technology a lot more aggressively than they had done. And yes, you're absolutely right. That accelerated that sort of swerve or swing towards digital and Mm -hmm. digitalization of their processes. And as a result, you know, we, we were four people pandemic. We're now 36. Uh, across the world and you know we've doubled business year on year since since then so you know i mean it's been really strong for us but actually Mm. we're just we're just servicing that latent demand if you like to embed technology better into recruiting processes and that you know that's 100 percent of what we do so you know but the, the lessons can be applied to whatever business you're in just don't try and do too much too fast and what you do, yeah. just do well and do consistently and don't stop. And obviously you mentioned obviously people leaning more on technology during the uh, the pandemic because recruitment sort of fell off a cliff. And obviously we're seeing a point in time now where there's sort of record unemployment, uh, rec- record employment rather in the uh, the UK, but also record numbers of vacancies as well in a lot of sectors. Yeah. But um, it's a tough environment for recruitment. There isn't the talent there to fill these vacancies. So, And obviously given the, uh, the economic um, climate that we find ourselves in, sort of post-pandemic with sort of rampant inflation and the cost of living, I guess technology is almost destined to play an even greater part and more businesses are going to look to sort of leverage their technological processes. Yeah, and, you know, there's generally two camps. You know, one is let's hunker down, you know, and batten down the hatches and try and save what we've got, you know, not invest in new things because we're unsure how long we need to last and Mm. and just, you know, keep the business solvent. Absolutely, that's a, a, a strong you know objective and a really good business strategy but actually
actually the, there's the other there's the flip side is how are you going to be ready to take advantage of that upturn when it does happen because it will and are you going to be in, in a better position as a result of the work you've done now and should you be investing in that technology and doing that hard those those hard yards now before you actually need to and then you're left behind the curve and you're struggling then to catch up when your competition has already done that mm. saying that there's been a lot of change and in investment into technology over the pandemic you know speaking on zoom doing teams meetings mm. you know that's become the norm now whereas before it was always you know i in my business it was always face to face and going out to see clients and you know a remote day was a long you know, a long way off and, and didn't really happen very often. Mm. But actually now you can jump from meetings you know, across the country in different countries um, within five or two or three minutes um, and, and be a lot more productive as a result. So the leveraging of technology, it's happening. It's just how quickly do you adapt and evolve your business process to enable you to take advantage of that in the best way possible. Yeah, and obviously since as well, um, we've talked about, of course, um, sort of investing in technology and uh, given that what you create is essentially integrated into marketing tech stacks, the same applies to marketing as well, doesn't it? I mean, during a time of crisis, I mean, if you do sort of pull in the bootstraps and do not invest any money in marketing and marketing your business, I mean, you may be sort of arguably putting yourself um, at a disadvantage when, again, that upturn does come, as you've talked about, because a lot of businesses, certainly they did well during the pandemic, thought we're not going to row back on our marketing spend. I mean, we're actually going to sort of cleverly invest it in certain areas and they've excelled as a, uh, as a result of that. Yeah, and the, the marketing is the long-term success and long-term sales and success of the business, you know, and, and sales is the is the like harvesting of the opportunities that are presented today sort of thing. So I, I think there's a, there's a difference between the way you position the business for your long-term success and growth and versus the, the short-term sort of like immediate sales delivery and output that, that businesses need to need to structure and deliver to, to maintain and feed feed the mouths that they've got, you know, that they're housing. But actually, you know, it's that feathering that balance between when you, you, you should be investing in marketing and technology and, you know, long-term success versus that survival mode mm. and business protection and you know doing that side of the business and and it's feathering that balance it's like in recruitment you know you're either really client short as we were in the the pandemic and you've got a flood of candidates Mm. or now they're really candidate short because people aren't willing to move and you know they're a bit nervous about the economy Mm. or or things like that and so they're hanging on to their jobs and they're not wanting to move the new challenges but everybody is trying to hire and fill vacancies that they've got because they are trying to evolve their businesses and business processes and that's the the, the balance it's never unfortunately mm. an equilibrium yeah it is a shame that we always have sort of one side of the balance and the other side of the balance don't we we can't sort of establish it sort of um on sort of that that equal footing as uh, as you say there and uh 
I think as well, it's kind of a balance from a leader's perspective of obviously being reactive to sort of the market changes that we're seeing, but also having that proactive streak as well. And uh, again, I think that was demonstrated certainly in the pandemic when businesses were, you know, willing to not row back on investments and were looking at sort of strategically where they could look to do things. And like you can sort of be at the mercy of the markets, but you can also be proactive rather than simply, you know, bunkering down the hatches or just burying your head in the sand and waiting for the storm to pass over. And it just goes to show that by sort of being sort of proactive, taking the decisions, you know, ultimately you're setting yourself up for sort of longer term success. Yeah, and there's a lot of work you can do in the meantime without those investments being made. So e- even if you, you know, you're not willing to, for example, in, in my business, we, we um, you know, sell tech-enabled websites to recruiters, right? So some of them are saying, look, I need to get this project underway now so that when the economy does pick up, I'm ready to really harvest all the opportunities that are going to come my way. Mm. And others are, are thinking, yeah, I'm not sure how long this is going to last. I'm not sure whether we should invest right now because actually what we've got is okay. But it, it, it's not broken, so it's you know, no point fixing it type thing, attitude. But actually, you know, when you when you couple in like a proper integration and what that can mean for your business and your productivity, it can actually accelerate your recruiting pro or your business process and add a lot more to the bottom line in the meantime before the you know, before things have picked up and you're starting to make hay when the sun's shining, sort of thing. So it's um it, it's a tricky balance, but you know, one that we're we're well set for. Yeah, and I guess when you sort of think of times of crisis, sort of like the pandemic and like sort of the current economic downturn, when, you know, things do sort of quieten down a little bit, I think sort of the the unintended benefit of that is um, that you do have that time for self-reflection, don't you? And you do sort of have that ability to think, right, okay, so we've got two choices here and the choice I'm going to make is to essentially consolidate our resources, build on what we've got. So we're ready to capitalize when obviously everything does, uh, does pick up again. And like taking that time out to sort of self reflect and, you know, make a measured decision from a leader's perspective. I mean, that's, that's one of the most important qualities that you sort of have to have, isn't it? That ability to stay calm and stay collected and sort of make the informed decisions, especially during a, uh, a time like this. Absolutely. And, and get all the advice you can, but go with your gut, right? So, and mm. just believe in it and, and, you know, have say that with conviction and, and persevere in your, in your journey, you know, because if what you're doing is right and works well, then, you know, that at the end of the day, that usually wins, right? So, yeah. So for a young entrepreneur that might well be tuning into this particular podcast, would that be the biggest message that probably you give to them, John, sort of get them on the road to success, essentially, you know, persevere, just um, obviously just just keep going and, and, and persist with what it is that you're trying to do? Uh, absolutely within reason, but get as much advice and learn from as many experts as you can. You know, go to the industry experts in your niche and learn from them. Mm. Attend webinars go and self-teach, you know, marketing or inbound marketing or whatever it is that you need to do when you bootstrap to, to get shit done, you know, (laughs) and and get it done well. But, you know, and, and you can always iterate to, you know, even with your technology stack, you know, we've changed CRM, you know, not recently because Mm. one was cheap, but it didn't really do what our business, 
business processes needed it to do. So we migrated onto a much more expensive platform. And on the face of it, you go, well, why are you paying 10x for you know something that is going to do essentially the same product? But actually, the way that it integrates, the way that we use it, the way that our processes have evolved within that time frame has actually yielded, you know, we've, we've got 200% growth this year as a result of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's like, it, it, it's not just looking at the cost, it's looking at the opportunity and then what that technology could bring mm-hmm. to your business, your business process, and enable you to generate more revenue, higher productivity, better ROI. Those are the things that you need to look at, not necessarily the ticket price. Yeah, exactly. And uh, do you think that sometimes, like we talked a lot about sort of some business leaders sort of having waited for the storm to pass and not having sort of invested during an economic downturn, do you think part of that is sort of the uh, maybe the cultural aspect that we have in this country that we are a little bit risk averse at times and we, we shy away from the potential to uh, maybe suffer a setback or to fail and maybe that's why we don't sort of take that risk of, you know, let's invest now and let's hopefully see the long-term returns? I, I don't think so. I think we're we're British, we're proud, we're quite pioneering and, and quite brave as a, as a sort of nation generally, mm-hmm. you know. And it's more about being aware of what resources you have available to you internally within the organization and within your network as to what experiences and expertise you can draw on to enable you to make those right decisions and then move your business, your business process forward. I don't think it's about being a bit reticent. Maybe maybe it's a bit coy, but you know, I'm mm. much more can do rather than maybe or can't do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's positive because like I say it's that exact approach which is why we've got such a powerful entrepreneurial spirit in the UK and why so many businesses charted a course through uh, through the covid pandemic and the last economic crisis and obviously you know we will we will continue to uh, to do that even through this one that we're facing right now I'm certain of that and uh, as obviously we start to uh, sort of make our way through this just before we wrap up uh, John I'd be interested to understand exactly what your priorities at staffing future are going to be over the let's say the next 12 months and what are you really hoping to achieve by this time next year well i mean uh, the target is to, to try and double revenue again which always gets harder year on year um but the um you know embedding um it, it's embedding processes actually mm. and 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 technology so we're, we're literally walking the walk of what we're doing for our clients and it, it enables us to sort of talk with authenticity and experience and empathy about the challenges that clients are facing. And we basically help uh, clients embed those technologies into their website so they have a a system or a database or, you know, like a a CRM or an ATS, an applicant tracking system. Mm. Uh, And all that is their central source of truth. And likewise, the, the website is the external central source of truth and all of those technologies need to embed and interact and engage with the website and it's that bit that that if it's not integrated if it's not if it's a bit clunky that's when you're going to have to put your name in twice you're going to have to fill the form in twice for to to get something done even though you shouldn't do because they've got all the details all your details already and it's little things like that, being able to inform the chatbot so it knows that it's John or Scott or Bob who's, mm-hmm. who's on that screen and, and browser and things like that that can really enhance
enhance and improve customer experience, drive conversion, improve engagement, and drive revenue. And and it's that the, the the it's that connectivity piece and that connected um, experience which really drives success. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, let's hope, of course, that it does uh, sort of pan out really well for uh, yourselves over the course of the next year. And I'd love the opportunity, John, to welcome you back onto the show um, as we you know, move through the next few months just to see how it's all coming together for you. And uh, um, to any listeners as well that have been sort of listening into this and uh, have sort of found a bit of interest in uh, the Staffing Future and um, its technologies and do want to find out that little bit more, um, staffingfuture.com, I believe, is your website, isn't it, John, for people to go and have a look at that? That's the one, yeah. Or just John J.B. Russell, um, double S-E, double L. Look me up on LinkedIn, hook up, and I'll, I'll be glad to share and help any, with any tips or advice that I can. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And I do hope that everybody tuning into this website has thoroughly enjoyed uh, the interview with uh, with uh, John uh, today. Um, it's fantastic having you, John. And thanks ever so much again for your time and taking to join us. And uh, yeah, do take care and uh, do stay safe with all that's still going on in the world. And like I say, hopefully we'll be, we'll be catching up in a few months time to see how it's all going. Awesome. Thanks very much indeed, Scott. Have a good day. Yourself as well. And to all of our listeners, I've been your host, Scott Challoner, as usual, on this episode of the Leaders' Council podcast. And a pleasure it was indeed to welcome John Russell from um, Staffing Future. Um, To everybody listening in, do take care. And until next time, goodbye. And we'll see you again for a whole new episode with a whole new take on leadership, current affairs and business success very, very soon indeed.